What's up, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome to the Early Edge. Boy, do we have a show for you. But before we get to that, let's look at what we did yesterday. The recap screen, not great. Buckets one for two. I hit the Raiders bet. Of course, I had that showdown uh, with the maestro. He gave me the gentleman's three on that one. And then, of course, he barely missed Austin Eckler over. So not the best day. Don't forget the day before on the Early Edge, we went six for eight. So two out of five, not great, but we're going to improve on that today because we've got an all-star cast speaking of an all-star cast scheduling note 4 p.m don't forget it's the nfl player prop show you do not want to miss this one because when these picks go out on sportsline or on this show the line typically moves so do not forget to tune in at 4 p.m not just for the picks but for the analysis behind the picks it's going to be a very important show as it always is all right speaking of important shows we got to bring in the stars of this show because this is going to be a very important show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's none other than BPE Friday. Behold. that is that what is that the philadelphia inquirer mike mcclure he refuses to dance he's reading the paper what newspaper is that rep him out that is the philly inquirer uh it is an old newspaper it is obviously a prop for the show uh this is from last year's world series i attended uh astros phillies and philly so whenever i attend a big event like that i grab the newspaper from that event so that is what this newspaper is from Absolutely love it. Love to know that there's still newspapers out there in the world. I love a good newspaper. Grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, had the Washington Post delivered to my house every single day. All right. Here's the thing. We just did the BPE Friday intro. I want everybody, please smash the like button. OK, and if you haven't already smashed it, I think you're going to want to smash it in about 10 to 15 seconds because I cannot start this show. I cannot go to marquee matchups without first giving myself and everybody else a chip me up. Hello, Chip Patterson. Good morning, see you. Good morning, Buckets. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Ann Squared. Good morning, State. Good morning, Early Edge fam. Damn, it feels good to be back with you. Why? Why? Because we got bowls coming up. We got a loaded slate on Saturday. Fired up to break them down with you, and you know that we got you're opting out. We're opting in with winners. So come and get them. Come and get them. Absolutely love it. I mean, Saturday is so loaded. We're going to get to Saturday in a second because not only do we have college football, a ton of it, but of course, we have three games in the NFL and NBA and college basketball. But we're going to start with the marquee matchups. What's up, Buckets? And what's up, Danny Braska? We're going to get you involved in just a second. We're going to start with our Friday marquee matchups. This is rapid fire. We're going to go through it before we get to our best bets. Rapid fire on Friday, rapid fire on Saturday. Let's bring up the board here. Magic at Celtics. Magic plus six and a half in Boston. Mike, I'm coming to you on this first one. Where are you at? Obviously, the Magic are playing very, very well, but they got to go to Boston. Yeah, they got to go to Boston. Uh, it's the second night of a back-to-back for Boston, something to always note in the NBA here. Uh, coming off two games against Cleveland, I'm looking at the total more than the spread. I think the, to- the spread is appropriate, just over two full possessions, but I want to go under the total. It has ticked down to 223 and a half here. I made it 219. Uh, note that we could see some sit-outs on the Celtics side. Al Horford already doubtful. <laughs> Porzingis and Jalen Brown both listed questionable. I would expect one of the two of those guys to sit or both to play limited minutes tonight. All right, good info there. Stay tuned on that NBA information. You always got to wait because that NBA information sometimes comes out right before the tip. 
All right, let's go to Buckets. Buckets, how are you today? We've got Tottenham minus 140 on Friday at Nottingham Forest. I continue to think Nottingham Forest is a fictional place. It's not a real team. I have some association with the Robin Hood movie back in the day. That First, confirm that's a real team, and where are you at on this one? Tottenham minus 140. So I don't know what Robin Hood is, but Nottingham Forest is, in fact, a real team here, Sia. And when we're looking at this matchup, this is a tough one because Spurs are out of form right now and they are so injury riddled. This is just a tough team to back under Ange Postacoglu and Nottingham Forest at home are tough. I love goals here, and that's the only way I would bet this one. Danny, I see your reaction, and I feel like we need to have and we, we should probably air it where we just give buckets a tutorial on like all things, like just, just the basics of pop culture <laughs> where maybe the, maybe the chat can react in terms of like just the whole learning experience. Yeah. He's such a dichotomy because his soccer knowledge has taken him all over the world and he can pronounce Turkish and Serbian clubs and tell you something about a Japanese local team, but he doesn't know Robin hood. It's an, it's astonishing. I tried to bring in Game of Thrones onto the show and nobody knew what I was talking about. That was my one shot at a uh, pop culture reference. That's actually true. Uh, Chip, have you ever seen Game of Thrones? I, I, I bailed at like maybe somewhere between four or five. You know, I, I was, I, but I was going to say like, I could give you like three Robin Hoods that could easily bring you in. Like whether it is the original Disney, whether it is Men in Tight, shout out to Dave Chappelle, or whether mm. it is that Kevin Costner, more dramatic Robin Hood. I mean, like, like I could just list off multiple Robin Hoods that would be able to get you caught up on, on what that reference was. Robin Hood Men in Tights is super underrated, but you have to watch it after like the real Robin Hood, the one with right. Kevin Costner. All right. Are we watching UConn minus four and a half at Gonzaga? It's 150 and a half point total. Chip, I'm coming to you on this one. Any thoughts on the total or on the favorite here? UConn minus four and a half. Yeah, I so number one, UConn in non-conference play, I think is kind of a principle under Danny Hurley. Like they're going to take their lumps when they get into the Big East, but the way they blitzed through non-conference play last year, I think was a precursor to what we saw in the NCAA tournament. You know, there's that um, there's that trend where if you are in the top 12 of the AP poll after week six, that has been the national champion every year since 2003. My principle to that is non-conference play. UConn killer at non-conference play. I'll take the Huskies. I'll lay the points. All right, Mike, I tend to agree here. What, where are you at on UConn minus four and a half at Gonzaga? Yeah, this one's always fascinating when you've got the cross-country travel uh, at this time of the year as well. It's such a weird time of the year in college basketball. Uh, I think UConn wins the game. I think the spread is mostly appropriate. Uh, I will have a pick on the total in a little bit. Uh, I will say these two teams, though, when they get together, extremely high variance. We've seen these teams play games in the 80s, 90s, and up to 100. We've seen these teams play games at 60 to 65 points. Mm. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a little bit and which way I think it's going to go. Uh, but it's going to be a great game. I think that uh, UConn has to start fast, though. I think they have to start with a really good first half. They do not want to fall behind here. Mike's got a play on the total. If you want all Mike's plays on the total, you know what to do. You join Sportsline. It's as easy as that. Buckets, we go right back to you. Friday matchup, Juventus minus 120. I think I'm pronouncing this right. At Genoa? Yeah. With an over-under, a total of two and a half. Where are we at on this one? That sounds right to me. I know that this line seems very trappy for Juventus, and I think the line is so favorable to them right now because we saw Dusan Vlahovic go out mid-game against Napoli last week, but he has been announced that he's expected to be back in this matchup. Juventus are too good right now, defensively specifically. Low-scoring game, but I love Juve Moneyline here. 
Uh, looks like we've got some some movie uh, like some of the some of the spook movies going on in the chat. Spaceballs gets referenced along with uh, Men in Tights. So uh, solid Spaceballs is a great movie, a timeless movie at that. OK, Mike, we go back to you before we get into the Saturday slate of rapid fire Knicks at the Suns. The Suns favored by four and a half. We, we never kind of know which of the big three are playing. I don't know if you have an idea of who you think is playing two of the three, one of the three, none of the three. Knicks plus four and a half. Where are we at on this one? I think they all play tonight, to be honest with you here, um, which may or may not be a good thing. They've got to get some more minutes together for sure. It did not go well against the Nets. Uh, but once again, I turn to the total in this one. If they're going to win, they have to play well defensively overall. Uh, and you look at the pace of play of both of these teams. We're talking bottom of the league here. Uh, even the Suns, just 23rd, 24th in pace. Knicks basically dead last. Uh, that maps to a, a for sure below average pace of play NBA game. That would put the total alone around 224. Um, account for some of the improved efficiency, everything there. I still make the number 228. It's not like massive, like we must play this edge. Uh, but if I had to play something here, it would be the under 231 and a half. Under 231 and a half. Okay, I like it. I, I want to see these big three actually play together. Uh, I still think, and we can talk about this on another show, maybe we'll do some NBA futures. I think that might be a good idea at some point before the All-Star break. But I still think the way the Suns are constituted and the manner in which some of these guys get injured, I, I don't have them as, as the lead dog in the West. I know like last year, or I should say in the offseason when they got Bradley Beal, people were talking about that. We'll see how it all plays out. Maybe an NBA Futures episode is on the horizon. Saturday, rapid-fire marquee matchups, that's also on the horizon. But first, we got to hear a message from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Good call out by Snug the Cat as usual. This guy is, uh, I think it's a, a guy, it is on fire in the chat as always. He says, best in show, probably the best parody ever. He says, you'd like it, Buckets. It's about a dog show. Uh, I have seen Best in Show, and it actually is really, really funny. And Buckets, I do think you would really like it. Put that on your, your homework list. Put that at the top of the list for sure. And by the way, speaking of homework, let's go to Saturday marquee matchups. Buckets, I'm going to start with you. Fulham at Newcastle United. We got minus 120, a two and a half goal total. This is Saturday at 10 a.m. Where are you at on this one? This is another one of those lines that feels a little bit trappy because on paper, Newcastle should be the way better team. But Newcastle has played such a difficult and congested schedule with Champions League that right now they're just struggling to stay healthy and they're struggling to play consistently. Fulham coming off of back-to-back -back big wins here. For me, I would stay away from either parts of the money line, but I would play over on the goals here. 
over on the goals of two and a half. Okay, let's go to Vikings Bengals. I actually have an official play that I'm going to tease for now, and I'm going to give out in a few minutes. We've got the Bengals minus three at home. Nick Mullins is going to be starting for the Vikings. We know Jake Browning, the quarterback, uh, an impressive quarterback, at least the last couple of weeks for the Cincinnati Bengals. We got a total of 40 half. Danny, I'm going to go right to you here. Where are you at on this one? I, 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 I lean towards the Bengals minus three. Where do you lean? Yeah, well, I lean towards Blazing Saddles while we're naming some of our favorite Mel Brooks movies. But I actually like the plus three and a half side. I see three and a half popping now for the Vikings. Mm -hmm. I sort of see this uh, phenomenon with the backup quarterbacks coming in. Jake Browning, the unexpected element, and all of a sudden he's covering an outright winning games. I think the hype's going to die down a little bit. Now you get that element for Nick Mullins, who enters as the quarterback for the Vikings. I think he gives them passing upside. And also, Sia, you just won the Raiders bet last night. I mentioned that shutout angle. Teams coming off the shutout cover at a quite a high rate. Same can be said for teams coming off scoring three or less in the last decade. They've covered at a 60% rate the following week, sort of overreaction to the low scoring. Brian Flores defense is top five right now in the NFL and EPA per play. This guy might win defense coordinator of the year. So even the Vikings plus three and a half here. Well, one thing, Mike, I agree with there is that Brian Flores is a complete beast, and he's going to send a lot of different looks, a lot of blitzes zone behind the blitz, which I think is really interesting. You don't see that a lot. Uh, with that said, I don't know that I trust the Nick Mullins experience, even with Justin Jefferson back, which we expect. Where are you at on this one? Bengals minus three or Vikings plus three or three and a half? Because Danny's right. You can get three and a half in some markets. Yeah. So at three, I lean to the Bengals side at three and a half. I would start to lean to the Vikings side, essentially telling you I think it's priced appropriately. Uh, where I think there remains a little bit of edge is the total. I actually do want to lean over in this one. I think there's enough playmakers on both sides. Uh, 41, obviously, being a very key number in the NFL. Now that you've got this at 40 and a half, uh, my computer makes it up to 42 and a half. So that if I had to play something, that's where I would lean. Uh, I do agree that Mullins is an upgrade if their weapons are healthy enough. If Justin Jefferson's out there being able to play, Mullins offers a lot more in the passing game. I think the guy that is going to help the most, though, is going to be TJ Hawkinson. I think he's going to benefit from the additional attention being paid to Justin Jefferson. Uh, if you follow Sportsline Social, this one will be over on Instagram. I have a donkey parlay for the three games that will be coming out later today. Uh, I have some picks featured from this game, but it's – Definitely going to be heavy on Hawkinson, and I think it's an incredible matchup for Jamar Chase individually. I think he's going to see a ton of targets near the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. In fact, that was something, Danny, I'll get to you in, in one second. That's something I was going to look at because we are going to see with the way that blitz is designed, Jake Browning is going to have to get the ball out fast. So not only do I like Jamar Chase receptions, but I also like uh, the completions for Jake Browning. Unfortunately, that number is at 23 and a half. I expected it to open around 21 and a half. So if it bumps back down to 22 and a half, I might be on the over Jake Browning there. Danny, what you got? I love what Mike is putting down on TJ Hawkinson. The Bengals are worst in the NFL uh, of defending opposing tight ends. It's a, a dream matchup for him. So for fantasy owners of Hawkinson and for those looking for player props, I'm definitely going to put something out on there on that. I think it's a really nice matchup. Hawkinson and Laporta on Saturday should have good days. Laporta's uh, total is 46 and a half. It's pretty high, but I actually like him to exceed that one as well. Those two tight ends are going to do great. And by the way, Jake, we got to have some sort of alert, some sort of alarm that comes out. Anytime Mike McClure says he's going to have a bet, especially a donkey parlay anywhere <laughs> out on social media. So it grabs every single person's attention because that is going to be very important, very exciting. What, what else is exciting, Chip? New Mexico State. They get to play in New Mexico. They're three and a half point favorites at Fresno State. Fresno State dealing with some losing streaks, a, a, an issue with the head coach. I don't think he's going to be present at that game. I love Diego Pavia. I've been betting on New Mexico State this year. Are you with me? Because I want to do it one more time. 
100%. He, Diego Pavia is 87 yards away from having the program record for the most rushing yards for a quarterback. He was the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. He is the best player on the field in this game. And we always talk about motivations because New Mexico State bowling two straight years in two seasons with Jerry Kill, but it's only their seventh bowl game ever. They are going to be fired up. They've won 10 games. If they win 11, it matches the best finish in program history. Now let's look at Fresno State because you mentioned it. Jeff Tedford, the head coach, taking some time away from medical reasons. We hope Coach Tedford gets better. But we've also got some opt-outs, and you mentioned that losing streak. Because think about where your headspace is. You're 8-1, and because that's how Fresno State started the year. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the Mountain West title race. Heck, you're thinking about the New Year Six, that you could be the highest-ranked Group of Five champion. Lose, lose, lose. It kind of all falls apart down the stretch. You didn't want to be in the New Mexico Bowl. You wanted to be in the Las Vegas Bowl. You wanted to be in the LA Bowl, and you're not there right now. Love the motivation and love Diego Pavia's playmaking ability. I'm all over the Aggies. That is the New Mexico State Aggies for those who didn't spend a lot of time with Cayusa this season. Absolutely love it. I, I'm going to be on that. I'm going to be putting that in uh, to the sports lineup. That's going to be one of my favorite college plays for Saturday. All right, let's go back to the NFL on Saturday. We've got the Steelers at the Colts, and Danny, call me the sucker, because when this line this line opened up at Colts minus two and a half, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm taking the Colts. And then I realized that wasn't the best number because people, the sharp money came in on the Steelers. Now it's down to minus one and a half. I just want to take the Colts money line at this point. I don't trust Mitch Trubisky in this offense. I certainly don't trust the Steelers after what I saw Bailey Zappi do. Now, granted, that's a lot of recency bias, but the Colts have been pretty good this year. What say you on this one? That's the reasons why you don't like the Steelers or why I do like the Steelers. When everyone's ready to call the, yeah, they just lost to Bailey Zappi, like you said. Mike Tomlin, if this isn't a motivational Mike Tomlin spot, I don't know what is. He's the most profitable uh, coach as an underdog in the last 20 years. He's 47 and 47 straight up. So 500 as an underdog price, you know that's profitable, and 57, 33, and 4 against the spread. At plus 1.5, I might feel most comfortable using the Steelers in a 6-point teaser and teasing up to plus 7.5 in that classic Wong teaser line. That's a good way to play this game, I think. Yeah, that's certainly getting through that key number. Mike, again, you know, a lot of people thought I was the sucker taking the Raiders yesterday, and I feel like the sucker taking the Colts here. Where am I at? Am I on the wrong side of this one? Uh, I don't know if you're on the wrong side of it. The market definitely ha has made that statement. I, I definitely lean there, though. Uh, I make the game all the way up to a field goal, so I would be in complete agreement with you on the Colts' side. I have some minor concerns in terms of Minshew's injuries. Um, I like the fact that it, it, it's a home game for them. The run game has been very questionable, and I know that will be needed. So I'm not playing anything here. If I were to play anything, though, I would uh, be on that side. Um, with the Colts. I'm trying to look around thinking about with what Danny said. I think the game is mostly efficient there. In terms of a teaser here, Danny, do you have another side that you'd pair with the Steelers? Yeah, I liked um, when the Cowboys are at plus two and a half, I made them to yep. eight and a half, but I also like the rent. I'd rather take a dog and tease uh, with points. But if you want to use a favorite, I like the Rams at six and a half to half a point against the Commanders. I think that secondary is liable to get torched by Puka and Cup if they're both good to go and healthy. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. I, I was in complete agreement. For me, it was going to be Dallas plus eight and a half, uh, despite liking the Bills in the game. Also, I already put that one in, so I'm, I'm even more. I'm going to add a unit to it now. Cool. Yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if the Rams uh, lost. Uh, I know the commanders are coming off a bye, but it just, they just don't have the defense to match up with the Rams at this point. Um, and by the way, uh, speaking of the Colts and, and Michael Pittman, who's going to be a huge DFS option 
uh, for the Saturday slate, the Saturday three-game slate. Mike and I have a show at 11 o'clock. We're going to touch on the Saturday slate just for a second, but we're going to talk about the Sunday main slate in DFS. So please uh, tune in for that for sure. Okay, Chip, we go right back to you. We go to UCLA minus four and a half at Boise State. Uh, interesting matchup. I lean towards UCLA here, but I, I'd really like to know where you lean. Yeah, you, UCLA's got a better roster, a more talented roster, but I do think we've got a motivation issue, right? We've got Laitu Latu is going to be out, uh, you know, getting ready for the NFL draft. Dante Moore is one of the most coveted players in the transfer portal. The quarterback position and the offense in general haven't been all that great. Boise State, meanwhile, while they lost Taylor Green to the transfer portal, Ashton Genty, the superstar running back, not only committed to coming back for 2024, but decided that he wants to play in this bowl game. You know, they've got the interim coach who got the interim tag ripped off I, I love the vibes of this Broncos team catching points and like there is not a lot of great data like M squared would be very frustrated with how I don't actually have numbers to back this up but doesn't it feel like Chip Kelly doesn't really care about non-conference games since he got to UCLA I mean how many times have you watched UCLA just like mess around with Coastal or mess around with Georgia Southern and so yeah give me the Broncos uh, and I'll take those points right there all right. Well, speaking of Broncos, and by the way, we're going to get to our best bets in literally like two to three minutes. We just have two marquee matchups to go through uh, on that Saturday slate. Uh, Broncos, as in the Denver Broncos at the Lions, another Saturday game, 47 and a half point total. Lions favored by four and a half. Lions kind of reeling. Broncos kind of hot. So, Danny, I'm going to go right back to you. Where are you at on this one? I feel like my sports betting spidey senses are telling me that the line is trying to push me off the favorite but the Lions might be the right play. It's a kind of an ugly minus four and a half spot, but what y'all know about indoor and outdoor Jared Goff? I mean, my goodness, the guy completely changes when he's playing without the elements. Uh, in December or January for his career, 9-15-1 and one against the spread. Move him indoors, 31-16 and 16, uh, for his career against the spread. So he's very, very affected by where he plays, and he'll be back in the Dome Stadium in Detroit. Uh, I think the Lions can bounce back here and cover the spread. Mike, I totally agree with how Danny just put that, that the line looks like it's, it's trying to push you off the favorite, which, again, the favorite kind of reeling here the last few weeks, especially defensively. That's all the more reason I kind of like the lines here at home. It feels like a good spot. What do you think? Yeah, if I had to play it, it would be a Lions minus four and a half. Um, I don't love it. it. It just, you know, becomes a more difficult number to cover if you're leaning towards an under as well. Uh, as Danny said, and as we talk about all the time, Sia, the controlled environment playing in a dome is massive for certain players, certain teams. That is especially true for this Detroit Lions team. So I think they're going to be able to put up enough points offensively. I think you still have to respect the Denver defense and just the pace of play over there. They know they're not winning a game in the 30s. They know they can win a game if it's a 21-point win. Um, it, so that's the game plan for sure. Uh, I would feel more comfortable with the Lions on a money line. I know it's an excessive price point. I think they definitely win the game. Um, so I, I'm not playing anything here. It is featured in that donkey parlay, which will be out on Instagram. Um, but it is an alternate line on a total um, so I, I do lean to the under here, especially if it's above 47. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love you reminding us again that there's a donkey parlay that's going to be on the Sportsline Instagram account where there's a ton of social media that that account puts out every day on TikTok and all the other social media platforms as well. Uh, OK, last one. Last one before we get to our our expert uh, official picks. Chip, I'm going to you. Cal at Texas Tech. We've got a three-point spread here, a 57-point total. This is at 9.15 on Saturday, the Independence Bowl. Where are you at on this one? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Cal, and I'll take those points. It's a it's a big head scratcher for me, but I, ultimately, I do think that Justin Wilcox's team really had to battle just to even make it into a bowl game. And that, this has not been easy for the Bears. And so with Jade not committed to play the game, the Bears superstar running back, I, I'm going to go ahead and take Cal and the points. Not my most confident of the Saturday plays, but it's definitely my uh, my lean on that one. Okay, well, I'm confident that you can very easily check in to the BetMGM College Bowl Pick'em Challenge. Again, very easy. BetMGM is giving online sportsbook customers the opportunity to win a grand prize of up to $25,000 if they predict the most college football bowl games against the spread correctly out of the eligible users. Here's how to win. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app or visit BetMGM.com. Go to the Promotions tab on your BetMGM Sportsbook account or sports account to access the College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge. And then finally, complete and submit your College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge entry. It's really that easy. There is one entry per customer, and you do not need to make all selections at once. You have all the way up until kickoff for each game to make your picks. Customers will have the opportunity to win $25,000 if they predict the most College Football Bowl games against the spread correctly out of all contestants. That is going to be really fun. I'm certainly going to be participating in it. And I got to participate in our official picks. We got to finally get there. But first, let's hear just one more message from our partners. All right, we're back here on the early edge. It's Friday. We got to finally get to our official picks. I hope you liked everything we just went through. We really just kind of broke down the entire weekend. And you had everybody at your disposal making picks there. By the way, if you like that or if you want to hear our official picks, please hit the like button. If you like BPE Friday, if you like Chip's intro, hit the like button for us buckets. The like button. I like your pick here because I think you referenced it earlier in the show, at least to some degree. Let's talk about your soccer pick. I did see it, and we have only one pick for me this afternoon, and it's going to be on the one EPL matchup, and I'm doing the exact same thing I did with Zrinski Mostar yesterday. I'm taking a team that's really good at home, but is still an underdog and betting on goals here. I'm looking at this matchup between Nottingham Forest and Tottenham Hotspurs. And Sia, I'm going to keep trying to find a pop reference that we both agree on and that we both know here. So I want you to imagine this, okay? Nottingham mm-hmm. Forest is Gondor at Minas Tirith, and Spurs are Saruman's army in Lord of the Rings. And this match is the Siege of Gondor and the Fall of Osgiliath. Nottingham Forest at home is incredible at scoring one goal and then losing the match. Nottingham Forest is a team that always tends to produce some kind of result or at least some kind of effort only when playing in front of their home fans. They have scored in every single every single one of their EPL home matches except for one. Meanwhile, Spurs are the better team here. They are the favorite here. They are the team that should walk away with three points, but they are tired. They are injured. They are going through an absolute slugfest of a series of matches that included Man City, Aston Villa, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. They're playing everyone good right now. So this is going to be a match to where they have to find it deep within them to pull out some kind of result. The only way I want to attack this game is by taking the same game parlay of both teams to score and over two and a half at minus 115 over on MGM. And if you want to know why I love that so much, just go look at Tottenham Hotspur's recent five matches. This is what they do. They do not play defense. They win by scoring two, three, four goals if they have to, and they concede plenty in the process. Wow. I mean, the Siege of Gondor, who doesn't know that reference? I think that Thank was you. the perfect analogy. Uh, really, really well done. Everybody on this show definitely understood uh, what you were talking about there. Wow. Uh, certainly, certainly the chat, a, lo- a lot of them understood it and a lot of them didn't. And Chris Kish says, unleash the nerd. I think that's a compliment, by the way. Oh, nerd is the greatest compliment someone like me can get. Hands down. Yeah, I'll take it. See it. 
Gondor will answer the call. Okay. Gondor will answer the call. <laughs> Obviously. Thank I mean, you, Danny. We all know that. All right. Speaking of answering calls, let me give out my picks uh, real quick. I've got two picks for Saturday, uh, but one is a, a side and, and one is a prop. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be putting more on the Saturday slate and the Sunday slate on Sportsline like I always do. But uh, this one I've already put on there, Bengals minus three. And I know we have a couple people on this show, or at least one that uh, tends to disagree with me here. Obviously, this line was at four. It went down to three and a half. And now it's down to three. I think that was mostly predicated on the Justin Jefferson news. Now that we know Nick Mullins has his full complement of, of receivers, I think that's why the line shifted down. I totally get that. But the part of the sentence that really mattered that I just said was the Nick Mullins part. I just don't think Nick Mullins can walk waltz in and just feed his receivers super easily. Like this guy really hasn't played much over the last few years. And when he did play uh, four or five years ago, when he was on San Francisco, he wasn't super impressive. I think this Lou Anarumo defense is actually kind of, like watering at the mouth, trying to basically scheme Nick Mullins into some turnovers. And I think they will turn him over. Jake Browning, on the other hand, I really think he knows what's going on pre-snap. I think like Mike McClure suggested, we're going to see a lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage. They're going to slowly matriculate the ball down the field against this very impressive Minnesota defense. I, I don't know if it's going to be low scoring or high scoring. I tend to think it's going to be lower scoring. But with all that said, I do think that Minnesota on offense is going to look very checkered behind Nick Mullins. So give me Luana Rumo, give me Jake Browning, give me Jake Browning with his full complement of receivers and skill players, Chase Brown getting into the mix as well. Uh, really like that one. And then we're going to go to Denver. Javante Williams under 13 and a half rushing yards. This is actually in Detroit, of course, but I I'm going to take his longest rush under 13 and a half. So what, what that means is he can't get a rush or a, a rushing attempt where he gets 14 yards or more. And frankly, this Detroit defense, as bad as it is, it's really the secondary that's really been the problem. Their rush defense has still been pretty good. It's been a little checkered over the last few weeks, but it's still really good. They're allowing less than four yards per carry, and that's exactly what Javante Williams is getting. Now, granted, he has hit this number in each of the last four games. Javante Williams has. So it's weird that I'm on the under here, but I think that's more a product of variance in matchups than anything. So I'm going to take Javante Williams' longest rush under 13 and a half yards. He should probably get around 13 rushing attempts. I don't think he eclipses the 14 yard mark on any of those rushing attempts. All right, Danny Brasco. We know you teased it yesterday. You gave us some picks for UFC 296 yesterday, and you teased that today you were coming onto the show to give out, I don't know if it's your entire card or some big heavy hitter plays on your card. So it's finally time to get back to UFC 296 main card picks. It's time for the main event. See, I got the co-main and main event picks. So there's a truck backing up next to me or something. So I'm going to battle through it. Hopefully it doesn't bleed into the microphone here because we have an unbelievable UFC 296 card. And you guys aren't going to love who I'm picking for the main event. He's not endeared himself to fans. And at the press conference, he said some pretty heinous things. But I'm not betting on the person. I'm betting on the fight. And I'm taking Colby Chaos Covington at plus 140 to defeat Leon Rocky Edwards in the main event. He's doing his classic psychological warfare. He said some terrible things. He got Leon Edwards to react, and I think that's the beginning of what he needs. Look, really more than anything, it's relentless wrestler against highly technical kickboxer. And what I'm looking at is the over four and a half rounds set at minus 200, meaning odds makers very likely see this going the whole way. Man, I can see this coming down to a 48-47, highly competitive, highly close decision. Leon landing low kicks, jabs throughout the rounds, and then Colby landing his takedown, securing control. If it does come down to that, the backdrop appears favorable for Covington. I want a Colby Covington ticket in my pocket if we're going to decision. Uh, so that's how I'll play the main event. Co-main event, fantastic flyweight title bout. Alexandra Pantoja taking on Brandon Royval. 
I wanted to bet on Roy Val, guys. I'm a big fan of his. Explosive, unorthodox attacks. I like the way the kid fights. But the, what makes him great makes him vulnerable in this matchup against Alexandra Pantoja, who I'm going to take by submission or decision. This is a double chance prop, and you can find two different methods of victory, combine them together to beat some juice. Pantoja's normal line is minus 190. You can get it down to minus 115 if you pick these two methods. And I think this is what's likely to happen. Against an explosive attacker like Royval, if he throws a flying knee and falls or throws a spinning back fist and misses, he might end up getting his back taken or get taken down. And if you get your back taken by Pantoja, you can only hope to survive the round. In fact, these guys fought two years ago, and Pantoja rear naked choked him. You got to think that Royval maybe made some adjustments, but in 31 pro fights, Pantoja has never been knocked out and has never been submitted. He's too tough and too sound everywhere for me to bet against him in a championship five-round fight. Wow, absolutely love it. I, I don't understand all of those terms. Was it like rear naked something? What, what was that? What oh, was that? come on, man. Come on, come on. We can't, you can't, you can't hate on it. You gotta, you gotta educate. You gotta go in. By the way, I like Big Cheesy. Uh, he said that that sound in the background was the Brinks truck. That, that's just Danny getting all of his money. That is why, you know, you come here and you listen to Danny because you know that, uh, that he's got those winners already uh, on lock. My God. Real, real quick man. here, Sia and now oh. Chip, apparently, and Cheesy, because I have to remind everyone that, yes, Danny is great. He's an expert. He really knows his stuff. But sometimes he can get a little bit out of his realm here. I am fully aware, Danny, that you watched that presser with Colby Covington, but I'm not going to even focus on the emotional side of things. I just want to focus on recent form. We're looking at this matchup, and Colby Covington has lost two of his last four fights, right? Both of those losses came to Kamara Usman. Meanwhile, Leon Edwards won both of his last two fights, both of those against Kamara Usman. So the fact that you're taking Colby, I respect it. I know that you love to find an underdog, but I will not only take the opposite side of this on Leon Edwards, I will take him by KO or by TKO to make that juice favorable in both of our sides here. Because if I do want to focus on the emotional side, there is no way that Colby is getting away with what he said during that presser. Leon might just rip his damn head off after that. I love the fact that you are on Colby. But this is a showdown if I've ever seen one, Danny. I got to know if you're up for that because I will take the other side, but I will also take by KO or TKO in this one if you prefer. Hey, man, uh, you can play it however you'd like to play it. I like that. I like that. I like your suggestion of the prop. You can take the regular line. In my opinion, him wanting to rip Colby's head off is playing into Colby's game plan. So I hope he comes more aggressive because that's what Colby wants. But I like it. Buckets, tell me. You know the great Michael Scott quote, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Tell me you don't want to believe in a world where Sean Strickland, Sean O'Malley, and Colby Covington are all champions. It's insane, but I, I love the show. That is my least favorite world. Snake, play the music. Sean Evans says, stick to the BTTS buckets. <laughs> even know what to say i i saw zach doyle in the chat he said let's go to mordor baby and i don't know what that means but I like the right oh. to say that in the middle of that that ufc uh scuffle, <laughs> scuffle uh anyway great chat as usual okay we got a transition i can't wait to keep my eye on that what time is that fight tomorrow so i i'm completely locked in do we have an idea card starts in at night let me uh i believe that it'll be late night it's a las vegas card so you know main event's gotcha. not going off till till late night be up i mean colby and leon will fight at midnight probably gotcha i'll be on twitter i'll, I'll be uh I'll, I'll be uh making fun of and praising somebody in this showdown for sure okay mike mcclure you teased a total earlier in the show it was yukon it was gonzaga where are we at on that game 
I'm looking at the total under here, Sia, and you can find this anywhere from 149 and a half to 151. A lot of variance across the market right now. A lot of strong opinions on both sides, frankly. Uh, and I get it. It's a super high variance matchup. Both of these teams can definitely fill it up when playing correctly. Uh, the thing I want to note here, a couple things, really. One, it is a massive travel spot during finals week for UConn, but it is still technically a neutral site game. This one's going to be played in Seattle. Like that for the fact that it's not necessarily the familiar home arena here for Gonzaga. When you look at Gonzaga, though, this team is not the same that we've been used to recently. Uh, obviously, when you lose a guy like Drew Timmy, who was there for what felt like a decade, uh, things are going to change a little bit. They don't have the guy they can go to when they need a bucket. They don't have the guy that can, frankly, get to the foul line at will, which is what's needed uh, against this UConn matchup. So, what I like here, UConn, 318th in terms of pace of play. They know how to play a half-court game and win a close game. We saw it against the Kansas Jayhawks in terms of the way the total ended there. I expect a similar result in this one. The only spot where UConn is really incredibly vulnerable is going to be allowing three-point shots, which is obviously the most high-variance approach you can take. The thing that's great about that is I don't think Gonzaga is going to be able to go inside against them. They're going to have to shoot threes. I like the high variance approach. When you talk about UConn, though, UConn can go inside. I think they will use additional possession, additional shot clock, trying to get looks inside. If you watch the way Gonzaga played against Purdue, they really struggled with any sort of interior presence. I know that not everyone has a Zach Eady to do that. However, I think that they've got just enough here, and I'm looking at a lower pace of play, a Gonzaga team that can't get to the foul line frequently enough. Uh, so I will take the under in this matchup. And then last thing I'll note, perfect live betting game because of the approach that both teams will likely be taking, because of how good they can be offensively. We will see live totals in this one swing by 30-plus points uh, on the live line. It'll definitely happen. Uh, this uh, Gonzaga team, if you watch the game against Washington, they scored just seven points in the final 10 minutes of the game. They can really struggle to score at times. So watch out for the live line. There's going to be a ton of variance. I will almost definitely have plays on both the over and the under uh, in this game. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I mean, that. listen, the, these live lines across all sports, there is a lot to be said for totals. And frankly, in bowl season and chip, we, we get to you finally in terms of your three picks that I believe all three are for Saturday. I, I love live betting. You know, listen, pre-flop betting is great too, but in bowl season to me, and I think a lot of this is predicated on, on the picks that, that that you're about to give out, we have different styles that sometimes like haven't faced each other. And I think sometimes early in, in a college football bowl game, you see those contrasting styles and you see which one is actually going to be the dominant one and which one teams just defenses can't adjust to. And I, I do think bowl season is a really good time. Also with March Madness, a really good time to like take advantage of those contrasting styles. With that said, You've got three games here. You've got a total, and you've got two sides for Saturday. Can't wait to hear them. Yeah, so um, 15 extra bowl practices. You sometimes see things get a little bit quirky, right? You bring in some trick plays. You, you've got some things you haven't put on tape before. You know, maybe those first 15 plays, the script is a little bit different. And to your live betting angle, maybe you're able to see a team that is not explosive hit in those first 15 plays, a big touchdown, the total jumps, and then you go under. Also watch some of the injuries because you're already dealing with some thin um, some thin rosters due to opt-outs. And so, for example, if you see an offensive lineman you know, leave the game, 
they might not have their full complement of backup. So all good stuff for live betting bowl games. But I got some pre-flop principles, baby. All right, number one, we got the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time in Myrtle Beach. Boys, I, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but I'll tell you, it can be kind of hard waking up in Myrtle Beach. The distractions in Dirty, Dirty Myrtle are high. And if you're a football team and if you've talked to any football players, these bowl trips, sometimes bed checks aren't always done. And sometimes you do get to sneak out of the hotel and go get yourself in some trouble. Uh, also, Ohio quarterback Curtis Rourke, he's already in the transfer portal. He's already announced his commitment to Indiana. So you downgrade Ohio offensively. Uh, so I like going under a sleepy breakfast ball bowl game under in Dirty Myrtle. That is under 48 and a half. We go to the New Orleans Bowl. And look, y'all, do not tell Emory. Please do not tell Emory, but I'm going against the Cajuns. I know, I know, I know, I know. He would be so upset with me if he knew this, but Louisiana has been in the New Orleans Bowl seven times in the last 12 years, and I understand that, you know, in a sense, you might think that's a home field advantage, but consider the, you know, the familiarity there with a Jacksonville State team that is in a bowl game for the first time as an FBS program. Zion Webb, the Jacksonville State quarterback, I think he's the best player on the field, great playmaker, and I do think we've got a notable coaching advantage with Jacksonville State having Rich Rodriguez. You're, you're going to be looking at it, you're be like, is that, is that Rich Rod? Damn right, Rich Rod. And I think that he's going to get the Gamecocks, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, uh, to the pay window. Finally, we go to App State. Because look, Miami, Ohio's had an awesome season. Great defense, great special teams. But App State's offense, if you drop them in the MAC, would be number one. App State's passing attack, if you drop them in the MAC, would be number one. Miami's defense is awesome, but it has not had to face a threat like Joey Aguilar pushing that ball down the field. I think that if it's low scoring, yeah, Miami, Ohio's got a great chance to be able to get out with the win. But if you need to score, I like the Mountaineers to have the horses to get it done. So I'll go App State at the right under seven, minus six and a half. Chip, I hate to break this to you, but uh, somebody in the chat, Sinful Saint, said, he was going to tell Emory that you're on Jacksonville State. I mean, listen, e Emory knows how to find me. Like, where? That's my guy. But you know, he's—I uh, ain't hard to find. The, the speaking of finding things, the sharpest dressed man, uh, maybe in the world, but certainly on your screen, is none other than Emory Hunt, uh, and he brings it with the analysis in a huge, huge way. And we brought it with the analysis. Listen, not all the shows you guys know, uh, you, ladies and gentlemen know, uh, it's they're not always going to be 43 minutes, uh, but we just really liked a lot of these marquee matchups. It's bowl season, so we really wanted to get started talking about some bowls, these Saturday NFL games, and of course, we cannot ignore college basketball and the NBA. So this is one of those shows where we, we hope you liked it. It's not going to be 45 minutes every time, but we're excited about all of these sports happening all at the same time. It's such a good time of the season, so uh, we wanted to really immerse ourselves in these picks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the recap screen. Let's take a look at these picks finally. We've got Buckets uh, with Nottingham Forest, which I still think is a completely fictional team in place against Tottenham. Both teams to score plus over two and a half, minus 115. I've got the Bengals minus three. Javante Williams, longest rush under 13 and a half yards. Again, both of those on Saturday. Mike McClure, UConn Gonzaga under 149 and a half. Danny Brasco, Col Colby Covington, plus 140. And Pantoja, by submission decision, minus 115. 
We've got that uh, showdown with buckets in that one. Chip Patterson, Georgia Southern, Ohio under 48 and a half. Jacksonville State minus two and a half and App State minus six and a half. And I believe actually the showdown was with Colby Cummington, if memory serves. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoy your Friday. I hope you keep it a positive Friday. I know I'm going to try to do that as well. Always staying positive, always flooding you with picks. Of course, we're going to see you on Sunday for the NFL kickoff show. And then we've got the Sunday night primetime game. But don't forget today at 4 p.m. We have, of course, the player prop show for Chip Patterson, for Mike McClure, for Danny Brasco. And of course, for my main man, Buckets, I am the counselor. This is the early edge and we rest our case. 